welcome to the Garden Church Podcast. Wow, I'm so excited right now. Okay, you might not know it, but we're relatives. 23 and me? No, we're relatives with you guys. <laughs> Jesus Culture San Diego, we have adopted you guys as cousins. And I'm hoping to move more into like siblings, but you had Brett, uh, we love you. And more than that, we are so amazed and grateful at the call of God on this house. And I want you to know if there's a God of call, a call of God on this house, because he wants you to take land. He wants you to help wake up Orange County. Now, I might be a little passionate because I grew up here, you guys, and I've been in San Diego since college, but my family's all here. And I love this ground. I love this territory. I love the call that God has placed on the garden to make something remarkable happen. And so today, uh, you know, sometimes I'm funnier. Okay, I got the Trinity on the back of my jacket. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how funny we're going to be today. Uh, so I'm just going to try to get something out of the jacket as we start. Because as I was praying for you and what you carry, I felt the call of God to break you out of your shell. The world needs something remarkable. Right now we see every superhero movie, all of it. We have the metaverse. Okay, I was looking to just get something simple for my daughter, like a print of an artist she likes. So I'm online, I'm online, I'm online, and I'm searching and then it said, oh, yeah, you can, uh, you know, uh, let's take you over here. I go, okay, do you just have a print? I just need a print. Like, this is simple. It's her birthday. And it said, oh, you can get a gallery of 50 different paintings, and you can visit it anytime you want. I'm like, oh, my gosh, no. First, my friends were saying, take real estate in the metaverse, right? No, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. And then I read that on the metaverse, a Gucci bag sold for more than real life. Okay, that's okay. Because what does that show us? The world is craving, longing for superheroes. The world is craving and longing for something that's supernatural. So the enemy looks at it and goes, okay, what they want is this. I'm going to just create fantasy worlds that they're just going to not live life. They're the matrix. They're, they're, they're just connected to non-reality. Because that's as good as Satan can do for what is true. That's as great as he can come up with for something that we are created for which is the supernatural realm. 
Today, I dedicate this to all of you amazing moms out there because you actually, what I'm going to talk about today, you do it all day long, every day, every year. And you take ground, whether the child is your biological child or a spiritual child, you see what God's saying about them and you're saying, oh my gosh, yes, you don't see it yet, but I do. Because I'm praying and I'm contending and I'm listening and I'm prophesying and I'm calling you into something that's so great that you do not know yet that it's true. I'm the mother of four, as we said, so I love you, David, your wife, Nat, Kyler, your wife, Perla, Isabella, and Sophia. I adore my mother. Okay, this is a great thing. My mother is amazing. Hi, Jackie. She wanted to come. She's 90. Hi, Mom. And she says, you are one of the proudest things in my life. You. She came from a highly abused family atrocities that should never have happened. And God miraculously in one generation said, I am going to change the course of who you are. And so women, mothers, families, you are changing the course of who you are going to be, your children, and it will go on to a thousand generations. Today I want to tell you about two women, amazing women, that you um, know, one became more famous, sadly, after she died, and the other one is a dear friend of mine. So I'll start off with my friend. I had prayed to God because my best friend moved to Texas, and I said, God, I would really, really love, not a duplicate, but someone like her who likes to garden. Of course, I love your church. And I had this huge list, and God brought this phenomenal woman that was way above my pay grade, and I, and I kind of looked at her, and God goes, her, we're at church, and I was like, uh, she's an international supermodel. Uh, she works for venture capitalist. She lives in La Jolla. I live in East County. I've got toddlers and diapers. I, I don't, are you sure? And he goes, no, no, pursue her. <laughs> then her husband said to me, oh my gosh, you need to know her. You would love her. She is amazing. So I took up all my little courage and she became my friend. And I watched this woman who may not have been wealthy by what you would consider in the world's standards, but the kindest, the most intentional. Gourmet cook, she would take meals all the time to a little widow that lived next door. And when people tried to take the widow's house, she contended for that woman. It was act of kindness, act of kindness, act of kindness, act of kindness. She had cancer, and for nine years, she loved God. She, she pressed into God. She said, he is my healer. He is my lover. I trust him. I enjoy him. One morning at 3 a.m., I was at her house. There was so much power, activity. I could feel it in the room. And I, and I contended, you know, God, wow. Right now, you could heal her. I don't care if there's no flesh left on her bones. You right now could heal her. And he said, sweetheart, 
you are looking at her with all the trauma, tragedy, difficulties that you actually personally know she's walked through. And he said, you know what I'm looking at? I am celebrating the power of how she was loyal, faithful, loving. I am celebrating every single trial, every hardship where she loved me, worshiped me. I see her as a success. All I see is what she overcame. And I want to bring her home. After she passed, the Lord gave me a revelation that changed my life. And so, Lord, I'm asking for this specific revelation to move in its full entity, power, life, into these people today. The Lord said, you know, Lauren, maybe it didn't happen the way you thought. But the remarkable thing is, because of who she is and because what she stood for, she actually came against tens and thousands and thousands of demonic beings. And she released the armies of angels from heaven and from her belief system, which could not be distinguished, her love, which could not be stolen around the world. He said, people in China are being healed because of her belief. People that are in, uh, uh, in Asia that maybe have never heard my name are having me show up with love because she took supernatural territory. The second woman uh, was born in 331 AD. What? How do we know about a woman born in the fourth century? Are you kidding me? No, how, how would we know? Uh, it was not a stellar beginning. She was a believer. She had an arranged marriage to a guy who was pagan. He was a drunkard, womanizer. The only good thing about them is they had three kids and they sent their kids to what would be like school and college, except it was with Roman paganistic thought. She prayed for him, this one brilliant son she had because she loved him. She prayed for husband and her son. The husband died one day. She followed, okay, you guys, this is not safe. This isn't like, let's Uber down. She is going from city to city in Italy following this son. And she contends and she prays. And she says, you know what? There's something different that this brilliant son that I have, who also had become the womanizer, adulterer, everything the dad was, he became as well. But he was brilliant. One day, an Italian city, he sits there and he says, oh, there's two men that just got saved. They're unlearned. They are nothing, but they're following this Christ. And he said, look at me. They are brave. And they are violently moving into the kingdom. And I have brilliance. I'm an orator. There's many things I can do. And I am wallowing in the mud of my sin. And so he went outside and he said, God, basically end my life. There's nothing that is worthwhile about me. And he heard a voice 
of a little child singing. And it said, take the book and read. So he went in, found St. Paul's writings, randomly opened them, and what does he see? He sees a scripture that says, leave your drunkenness, your impurity, your sinful way of life, and put on the Lord Jesus Christ. In that moment, St. Augustine came to life. In that moment, the prayers of a contending woman, a mother who said, I will not allow this to be my son's destiny. I will not allow because I see that he has gifts. And even though he mocks me and doesn't understand me and he is confused, I will contend and I will stay. St. Augustine changed the way the Protestant Reformation happened. He preached over 10,000 sermons and he brought a reality of what salvation and divine grace was. His mom became a saint. I like that. I don't promote that on Mother's Day. Her name was uh, Saint Monica because she is the woman who prayed and contended and interceded. And the Catholic Church said what she did to produce him was so great. We're going to saint her. And yes, Santa Monica, you're welcome for that name. Uh, We're talking today about this mandate. Both of those women were not uh, during their lives. You're not going like, wow, I see it. Wow, I get it. Wow, you're spectacular. No, my friend was an introvert. People look at, you know, 331, this woman, there's Monica, there she is. Wherever her son goes, she goes. Okay, Italy, Milan, I don't even drink. I heard the wine's good. I don't know, but I am contending. What will you contend for? I will tell you what your and my, all of our problem is. It's hard to contend if you don't believe it's going to happen. There are dreams, there are plans, there is land and territory for each one of us to take. And what is happening is we keep looking in the natural realm. Well, I'm okay, do I have enough resources for that? Am I smart enough for that? Could I do that? I don't know. Well, uh, I see need there. Well, I don't know. These women at Lydia House, they're moms. I I think we could do something there. What if all of these different places in your life, instead of waiting for things to make sense, we got rid of confinement for three years and we said, make me move again. Let me believe again. Open up my mind again. Break off the constraints again. Let me believe, God, that there's supernatural territory that when I take that territory in your timing for everything you do within me, it will manifest on the earth. Monica didn't have her son till six months before he died. That's when she finally saw what was happening. So what will you go for? What will you contend for? What will you believe for? What will you enjoy? Uh, We're going to go, you know, you guys, you're going to love this because before we go into scriptures, I want to show you a slide. (laughs) 
this is a shocking slide. This is a beautiful slide. Now, okay, I know we talked about metaverse, so that might make me suspect. But working at my desk, I just cleaned everything out. I'm working with a designer. And I say, uh, God, it's just this green. There's this green color. I can't find it on any color chart. It's green, it's specific. As I'm talking to her, I pull out, see something with green with my cards. It's a photo. I go, what, what, what is this? I pull it out. It is a printed photograph that no one knows how this got on my desk. No one goes into my desk. There's one person besides Bob. I said, God, what in the world is that? He goes, what do you think it is? I go, um, I'm shocked. I'm, looks like Jesus. Like, is that, am I looking at Jesus? I said, how could I be looking at Jesus? How could that be in my life? How could that because, because, Lauren, you've been asking for more of the supernatural realm. And you actually have been asking me to see more than you can see. You hear, you know, but you've been asking for a gift visually. And I can't tell you to this day how that picture of Jesus on a printed photograph ended up on my desk. But I have to start with that so we have some room to go. I have to start with this. So we're saying, this is not things that you're meant for that you can create or make happen. These are things that God is saying, I want the supernatural kingdom of heaven to break through, to do something in your life, to do something in your territory, to do something in your family, to do something with your children, to do something in your business. I want to show you what a supernatural world will be like that you can press into and believe is actually for you. Who are we? Before time began, he already had a plan that he said, I will fulfill it for your life. Before he created anything, he already saw you and he said, yes, I want to create that specific person. Yes, I want to love them. I want to have purpose for them. And I want them to be born in one specific moment in history. So what we're stewarding is not small. The fact that you're in this church is not small. The call of God on your life is not small. It's not containable. It is a random crazy photo that shows who he is that ends up on your desk that no one has access to. He raised us up with him, Ephesians 2, 6. He seated us in the heavenly realms with our beloved Jesus, the anointed, the liberating king. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 13. Things never discovered or heard before. Things beyond our ability to imagine. These are the many things God has in store for all his lovers. Things that you can't create. Things that he's saying, I cannot wait for you to understand who I made you to be. I cannot wait for your faithfulness to take you to the next step of character development so you can hold the things I have for you. I cannot wait. Oh my gosh, it's always a surprise party. And I'm always waiting like, oh my gosh, you are going to love this next thing I am doing for you, through you and to you. So how do we walk? How do we take 
promised land. Because he's already said, I promised these things to you before time began. And I'm the one's faithful to complete it. We're going to go to Numbers. And of course, it is the promised land. But in this, I want us to find keys that we can hold on to that change the way we do life. We want to see a new pathway where you're going to catch yourself. Oh, am I open there or am I pulling back? Am I saying yes to faith and belief? What's my spirit saying? What's your spirit inviting me into? Numbers 13 and start in verse two. Now, at this point, we all pretty much know that what happened is God brought all the people miraculously out of Egypt. They crossed the Red Sea, and now it's this moment of excitement. For 400 years, you've not had a prophetic word. For 400 years, you've been slaves. But look at everything I did in Egypt to bring you to this new place that I promised to Abraham. What is he promising you? If you came out of slavery, what's it for? We know what we came out of, but do we know where we're going with him? Do we know the fullness? Can our He says, it's things you've never discussed, heard, imagined, because why he wants to do it with us. So here we go. The eternal one says, send men who can spy out the Canaanite land that I'm giving to the Israelites. Pick one man with demonstrated leadership from each of the tribal families. What's he saying? You choose. Give us your very best representative. Give us someone that you rely on, count on, and you think is stellar. Give us the most phenomenal person that will represent your tribe, and they're going to go in, and they're going to look and see what's in the land. It's an invitation. Every day, he's inviting you into something. You didn't make it up. You're not trying to create it. It's something that's literally an invitation that's been designed specifically for you. He doesn't say, oh, uh, loser. Oh, too old, not educated. Oh, no, no, I, they kind of blew it last week. This right here, I will tell you, is one of the hardest places to move forward. Because if the enemy can abort what the plan is, because you didn't believe that you were invited, because why, were you presumptuous? Why, because you thought you had to be uh, uh, higher educated? Okay, right now, I, I have a gift for land. This is why I love part of your church. God said, Lauren, uh, the next step is you're going to produce. I go, produce? I don't, I've never produced. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Produce? He goes, yes, because you love stories. You're going to capture stories. And this is what we're going to do. Okay, the enemy? I cannot tell you. I'm battling through this. Wow, am I off? Am I on? Is this wrong? Is this right? Uh, I didn't go to school for this. I went for something else. Is this what we're doing? Yes, Lauren, this is what we're doing. And so when he starts to call you into the very purposes that he has for you, believe me, every question, thought, argument that who Satan has against you will come up. Every disqualifier will be blaring in your face. 
He's going to make you question, but the biggest thing he's going to make you question is that you are not big enough to partner with God. Now, you might call it, I don't know, false pride, humiliation. I'm not good. Every single reason that you think that you can't do it, the enemy is going to throw into your face. Again, praying mamas, they're going to let you get away with that. They're going to be like, are you kidding me? Did I make you breakfast? Did I do that for you? Have I been praying for you? It's time for you to move forward. The invitation is your unique design and purpose. Okay, the fact that you're alive right now is not a coincidence. The fact that you are here, the odds of it are one in 400 trillion. There's a researcher at Harvard and he said, okay, let me give you the facts. The fact that your parents met, wow, your parents met at the right time, oh my gosh, she's cute, she's beautiful, I think I'm going to date, oh, Alex, Darren, yeah, I, I like them, okay, but they're a little more discriminating than that, so they had to have a lot of things that were going to wade through, like, are you going to be this and that, faithful, and do you love Jesus? Okay, they met. That right there is odd out of the whole world. The DNA that was chosen, specifically, it is Mother's Day, right, out of all the DNA that could be there was specific. Now, if you take all the lineage of Darren, all the lineage of Alex, you take them both, that number is one out of 400 trillion that God said, I am so phenomenal that I beat all odds and I am reserving the right time, the right people, the right literal DNA at that month to create a child. Why would you think with those odds, he didn't have something remarkable for you? Why would you think that you are uh, floating trying to figure it out? So the invitation changes us. It takes us from, I'm trying to figure out where to go, to him saying, I'm calling you into the purpose. I'm challenging you. I'm giving you greater belief in your identity and who you are. It's also where he takes us into the first invitation to the promised land. He'll say to you, what are your desires? What are your needs? What do you hope for? What problems are there in the world? What would you like to see solved? God, right now, I break off every lie that there's not an invitation for you or you have to figure it out. Lord, I ask by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would put that invitation that you have been calling each person to so clearly and you'd start to say, this is what you desire. This is your heart. This is how I made you. This is what I have for you. I ask, Lord, there would be nothing shy where people hold back because they disqualify themselves and you. And so we call you in to the invitation. Okay, after this, they go into the promised land and there's what? There's vision. Okay, your next step in your life is vision. God's asking you to go into the land and check it out. See what's there. What 
are you actively going to pursue? When we go into this point of vision, he's saying, I need you to see it. I need you to agree with it. I need you to actually take steps beyond your belief to do something about it. Numbers 13, 27. So the 12 scouts that come back, it starts off pretty good. We checked out the land, just as you instructed us to do, and here's what we discovered. It's rich, very rich. One could say it flows with milk and honey. And look, here's some of the fruit. Okay, the fruit was so big that they had clusters of grapes that two men had to carry them on a pole. The land is highly desirable. Your land is highly desirable. Your land is so fruitful that what he calls to grow there, he already has the seed for. Your land is something that's so desirable, the enemy's looking at this and he goes, oh no, no. Okay, already they said yes, the invitation. Who, who didn't do their job? Then you're moving in and they're saying, oh, it's highly desirable. So this, what did the spies say? 10 say, but there's really strong people there but it might be difficult. He's asking you at this point to own it. And he's giving you vision to see it. And the word vision is a beautiful word. It's kazah. And it means mentally to perceive, to contemplate with pleasure. He's not religious. He's not legalistic. It's not like, who needs me? He's saying, what can we do together? What have I created you for? It's specifically to have a vision of prophecy, to provide. It's the face of God and it's God's eyes. When we go into supernatural realm, he's giving us eyes and he's saying, what do you see? What am I gonna partner with you? What do you want to gain and to do in life that will make a transformational change for eternity, for decades down the road? Ephesians 1:18 I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination. What is that? It's your innermost heart flooding you with a light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. In this place, what happens is we start beautiful, intimate conversations with him. The point of all of this is you keep speaking to him, talking to him, speaking to him, talking to him. Wow, God, what do you think about this? Tell me about it. What do you see? Give me your eyes. What is meant for me? What would I love? How would we do this? What are the strategies? You start to bring others in, community. This is why you guys are powerful together. If you just stay with your thoughts and you don't express it, you don't go in, you're not moving forward then the enemy will keep plucking you back. But if you're really vulnerable, you go, oh my gosh. Okay, you guys, uh, pretty wild. Didn't want to tell you for a while, but um, mm, I'm getting this weird word, uh, production company. And then you start getting people aligned with you that want to be part of that. They start calling it out. They start to prophesy over you. They start to bring that into fruition and it's needed because at that point when he said, and... There's some really strong people in that land. God's preparing you to say, whatever is for you, there will be a battle. You, you don't just get it freebie. There's a battle. Okay, 
We go into Numbers 13. What happens at this point? The spies start to really ramp it up. Everyone else just starts to go off with that horrible imagination of everything wrong and awful. Now, it's not just a, an idea, like they seem strong. They're actual giants. They're 9 to 15 feet tall. And they're the best thing when the enemy brings giants into your natural realm. He's doing the biggest thing that he can do to scare you to death. But who is with you? See, we're, we are giant killers. We're not church attenders. I don't think you'd be here. I want to know, are you like giant killers? Okay, if you're my cousins, I, I need more than that. Are you like, are you giant killers? Do you want to take the enemy out? Are you sick of him being on your ground? Are you going to allow the enemy to say, oh, this is it? Or what spirit are you going to partner with? Is it going to be the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind or a spirit of fear? You guys, this is, uh, I'm 63 years old. At this point in my life, I can't go slow. And there's been a lot of battles. And every time God has been faithful and he's shown up and he's giving me a part of his nature saying, Lauren, this is who I am for you. And this is what we're going to do. This is who, and it is desirable land and it's worth it. You guys, what is in you is so unique. I cannot tell you, it's worth it. It is worth every single ounce of prayer, contention, declaring, asking, talking to him. I'm scared. Wow, I, I, I don't know. This is a scary one. This giant is terrifying me. That's okay. But don't stay there until he gives you the answer. So this is what happens. Caleb goes, no, no. The time to take it's now. Okay, when he gives you something where you're going to go and you see the enemy, the time to take it is now. Do not delay. If he says, be obedient, you jump in now because the longer you delay, the enemy has your ear. He's pulling you farther and farther and farther away from where you're supposed to go. So right then, Caleb goes, no, it's ours. Let's go in. We have waited 400 years. He is going to do it. He's been faithful. Did we not just see him part the Red Sea? Did he not kill all the Egyptians? Has he not done miracle and miracle and miracle? That's all supernatural. Don't listen to that. Go now and let's be obedient. But what happens? So the report of these other scouts was what? Quite disheartening. It made the people question God's promise. Ah, shoot. I don't think we can do it. Slave mentality took back. Bondage took back. Captivity came back. Oh, Egypt was better. I don't like it out here. It's requiring something of me. I don't know how to do it. I'm afraid. Caleb, with the voice of God, exhorts them, gives them the... Now, there's a shift here. He doesn't go to the spies and argue. He doesn't run back to Moses. Hey, they're really out of control. Do something. No. 
He goes directly with his assignment to the people and he goes to the heart of unbelief. He goes directly and he goes, no, I'm gonna confront that in you because I am not wasting what God has done to sink back and to be timid and to be afraid. And the people were so angry, they said, we are going to stone you. At that point, the eternal one steps in. And I can only imagine the devastation and grief. Like, how could you not trust me? How did you not move into your promise? How did you forget everything that we have done together? Why did you do that? Why did you step into that place? In the battle, we have choices. And at the end, the eternal talks about the fact. He says in 24, for Caleb, though, it is a different matter. He's distinct from the others by having a different spirit. And he's followed my lead wholeheartedly. What he wants to do is have you follow him wholeheartedly. Why is this key? After 40 years, they go back to the promised land. And by the spirit and the power of God, they defeat 31 kings. And every king has a name that is a demonic stronghold. It could be wall, which was defensiveness. It is uh, destroyed, laid waste, which was defeat and depression. Made on with strife and contention, divisive, argumentative. Heifer means pit or well. What? Shame, condemnation. I'm in the pit. Aphek means strength or fortress. What? Self-sufficiency. He goes on and on and on. And one of them is circle, Gilgal's circle. Dull of heart, refusing to change, going nowhere. God says that he must require those who have not been into battle to go into battle. Why would he do that? Is he cruel? Is he unkind? He hates the enemy, but he allows in our life for there to be these trials. Why? So that we actually come to know him. I will not know him unless the love and the peace of God comes in to me. The 31 kings... There's a numerical number of 31, and the name El, strong, powerful, mighty one, is of God. 31, Joshua represented Jesus. The 31 attributes, the character of God, came and destroyed the enemy, every single speck of him. There's 950 names of God. So what's his name for you? Who do you need him to be? It is not a test when he says there's a test to prove ourselves. It's not about us, because if I want it, I am so proud. Oh my gosh, I took that down. I did that, crushed that little demonic force. No, and it's not to be in shame. I failed. Oh my gosh, I failed again. I failed again. I failed. I'm such a loser. Failed again. No, the name means to prove. And he is proving himself. He is proving who he is for us. 
He says, I am showing up in my presence face to face. I'm removing the bad vision and I'm giving you the vision of who I am. And I will show you the way through. And after we're through this trial, you're going to know me in a remarkable way as deliverer, as healer, as friend, provider. What are the names that you need him to be right now in your battle, in this ground? Because what happens? He'll have you keep going through, circling the battle until you win, because that's who he is. Because he will prove himself faithful to you, even when we're faithless. We take that ground. We win the battle. Then we're looking at some slides. We're going to go through to the last one. Is that now, oh my gosh, you are in overcoming. You've got your land. You've got the ground. What is he going to do in it? What are you called for? What is your desire? It's not just for us. It's to invite people in. Oh, you know what? Wow, yeah. My gosh, I have a gift of hope, but I forgot. 30 years ago, I used to be super depressed, but he showed up for me over and over and over again, and he got the roots out, and he was faithful and loving. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, I have a gift of hope. Okay, oh, you're going through your circle? Let me jump in the battle with you. Let me tell you what you're invited into. Let me move you back into a new vision. And let's do something together. Oh, what is that going to be? Ministry? You have a million things that are in you, but he's so excited. He's saying, look, now we're going to flourish. Now we're going to move. Now I can show you what this ground is about. Now, if you look at the top of the slide, this is our process. Every time he wins it for me, I know him more. Every time he comes in and says, oh my gosh, After a while, you kind of get excited, like, wow, that was weird. This thing's coming against me. What is it? Would you help me understand? And what are we going to do? And what's your name? And how are you showing up? And you've been so faithful. In this, he's going to keep taking you to invitation. It's you. Oh my gosh, it's you I've planned. It's you I've called. It's you, every single one of you. He's saying, I have called you to something remarkable, but it's beyond the natural realm. It's supernatural territory. And so when people say, all of a sudden, suddenly something happened, no, no. He's been working your character out, working his faithfulness, working your relationship out. Every time you circle through this, then he's inviting you to the next thing. He's giving you vision for it. Oh, okay, now I'm expecting. There is a battle because this vision I'm so excited about, I cannot wait to do it. And that what happens? We take possession of the land when we overcome. Now look at this last circle. Don't despise small beginnings. The invitation, the pattern to over. The first times through are the hardest because we start thinking, am I being punished by this trial? The enemy's really scaring me. Like, this is a big one. I have no idea how to go through this. But look at the territory. Look at the ground. You are expanding at all times. Once we grab hold of the reality, whew. 
Can I just kind of go right now? Okay. Lord, I'm asking for this house right now. I'm asking for every individual sitting here, every beautiful mother, spiritual mother, child. I'm asking for this community that they would take hold of something that's very different than they have known. That they would understand that there is an invitation, not for anyone else on the row, but for them. You have called them into greatness. You have called and prepared things for them that they're going to be thrilled by. They're going to know you through it. And so, Father, everywhere where the enemy tries to make you feel like you don't belong somewhere, you don't belong to the dream, you aren't the person that could be invited in, I break off that lie right now in Jesus' name. I say you are completely invited. He waited for this moment in history to bring you in, and he's going to tell you what to do when you get there. He is excited to invite you into what he's planned for you. Lord, I ask, Father God, everywhere the vision is skewed. Sometimes are we only seeing strong people or the Anakites, or are we seeing you and your faithfulness? I ask that you would remind them, this is how I've been faithful to you. This is what I've done in your life. I have taken you out of slavery, and there's things that you will step into that you have not dared dream or imagine. You can't even conceive of what I have. I ask, Lord, you would break the lid and limit off of every individual in this church. I ask, Lord, anywhere they've been confined, or even in this last season, something went slow and small because there was discouragement. I break off discouragement. And I ask, Lord, for this house that you would start to give them dreams at night. You would begin to have people prophesy over them. You would speak your words over them and you would move them into freedom. I ask right now, Lord, that Jesus in your manifold presence, you would come and you would show them how you are taking down the enemy. That you would give them that spirit of power, the spirit of wisdom, strategy, love, kindness, freedom, liberty, that you gave to your son, St. Augustine. And I ask, Lord, that there be more dreaming. Give them dreaming in their spirit of what happens in the land once you've cleared it. Speak for life, joy, people, friendships, laughter, excitement to return. Bless this house. I bless, Lord, what you're doing in this family. I ask, Father, that you would move in a way where there is so much unity and belief for each other, where people call each other up and out. Bless, Lord, what you're doing. Bless your spirit here. Thank you, Lord, for the tenderness. Protect it as it grows. 
protect the fragile places in our heart. Protect the desires we have. Grow them. Bring them alive. Like that photo on my desk to break through supernaturally what you have for each one of them. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit garden.church.